0: Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, April 28th, and it is time for another episode of Rolling Toe. We'll take all of your tire-related calls, tires, alignment, handling, wheel bearings, all of those issues. We're going to open the phone lines right now, so start dialing. 855-950-3835. I'm being joined by both Mike and Kevin Beckett from MD Alignment today. We should be getting them in here shortly. Uh, One of the issues we really haven't spent a lot of time on yet um, is getting our other host up and running and giving them the ability to do their own show from their own location. Uh, We're working on it. But we really want to work out most of this technology um, with my show and not put the host through a bunch of changes. Uh, once we have our platform built out, this will be really seamless and clean. I did have one other topic I just wanted to touch on in my open for the other show, but my open went long today, uh, so I skipped it. Um I read the, uh, the federal government, the FMCSA, is opening up the, I believe they call it the comment period. I get confused about all their different terms. Um, I believe they had a bill like this back in 2016. I don't even know if you call it a bill yet. The FMCSA and the federal government is opening back up the idea of putting speed limiters on trucks. And I I am completely against it. I'm all for going slower. I talk about it all the time. But I don't want the government to force anybody to go slower. We have speed limits. We have laws. And if you break those speed limits, there are consequences. Uh, I I do not want to see mandatory speed limiters on trucks. But I will tell you what. Elections have consequences anybody who hasn't been paying attention to politics probably should and i don't mean you have to watch it every day and know all the ins and outs but you should have a basic understanding of which party does what and it's pretty clear um we had a president and an administration trump that really rolled back a lot of regulations and you didn't always hear about them but When that was happening, when we were rolling back regulations, taxes were getting lower and business was doing great and fuel prices were cheap and rates were good. And it was a pretty darn good economy. And in just one year, now I'm putting out warnings and using terms like, bloodbath and disaster and uh, I, I can't even figure out what to do as far as investments because it's just too confusing right now and this administration seems to love regulations. The good news is I doubt that they can get this done before November and the other good news is that I kind of doubt the Democrats have a snowball's chance in hell of maintaining power in November unless something drastic changes and they just don't seem to be doing much of anything. So I I don't see any of our problems changing because you have to go do something to change them. And they seem to act like they're not problems. Uh, The one that... I just couldn't even get my head around. I was watching Mayorkas. Uh, He's kind of the guy that's in charge of the border. Our southern border, speaking of records, not good records, but our southern border is setting records. It it, can't even call it a border anymore. Uh, It's Swiss cheese at best, and it looks to me like it's just wide open. People are just flooding across from all around the world. People fly, specifically fly to Mexico so they can cross our southern border because they know they can right now. We're not sending them back. We're turning them loose in our our country. Um, Even when they finally do get their court hearing and they show up, which most don't, the judges are looking at most of these cases and saying, no, you don't qualify for asylum here. And yet, we're not sending them back. We're just letting them go back into the country. It's insanity what's going on with our southern border and immigration right now. Um, so I, And they're, they're, they just act like it's not even happening. So I don't see them making any major changes. And if they don't make any major changes, uh, I believe they will get defeated pretty handily in November What we'll end up with then, I hope, is a Republican-controlled Congress and Senate, and we'll have a president who won't sign anything that they pass. They won't pass anything that the president wants. We'll have a standstill in Washington, and it may be good. As much as I'd like to see a lot of things reversed, and I, I, I'd almost rather see a year or two where nothing happens. Nothing at all. Let, uh, let the government fight amongst themselves, not be able to pass anything, and let, uh, let businesses get back to work and the, the market will do the best it can to correct itself. There's a lot of things I can talk about. I really didn't have an open prepared for this show because I thought we were going right into uh, talking with Mike and Kevin. Um, One of the things I will talk about since today is kind of a maintenance day. I don't really want to go off on a political rant right now. I did want to talk about that because it is definitely uh, a trucking issue. And, And as much as I talk about going slow, as much as I usually drive slow myself, I do not want to see government mandating regulators, speed regulators on trucks. I, I, just, We just do not need the government. And here's the other problem I have with this. If we want to set new laws on speed limits for trucks, split speed limits, you know, it, I'm in you know, if you look out west these days, there are 80-mile-an-hour states, and that's both truck and cars. Uh, we could argue all day about split speed limits. People go nuts over those, but isn't this the ultimate split speed limit? You're going to allow cars to go 80, but you're going to absolutely physically limit trucks from going any faster than whatever speed they're going to set. They haven't even named a speed yet. Now, if, they turn, if it turns out to be 75 miles an hour, then I guess it's no big deal. What would be the point in that? Um, but what if it's 65 Are the people going to go nuts about that? Because that really is kind of the ultimate split speed limit. It's something I'll pay attention to. Like I said, they just kind of brought this up again. I think if I remember right, it was 2016 or 2017. Um, They brought this up for a while. And remember, uh, the administration back then, would have shot this down. I'm sure that's why it didn't go anywhere. But again, these types of regulations are not run through Congress. These don't get decided on by the people we elected. This administration really likes to use agencies to force us to do things instead of laws that have to be voted on by Congress where we have some say. The people who run these agencies are not elected officials. We didn't vote for them. They're appointed, and then we give them all this power to regulate our personal lives, our business lives, our industries. I think it's a huge mistake. This goes back to elections. When we elect people that, that won't abuse the power like that, maybe we can start turning this kind of stuff around. Um, like I say, I think it's a horrible idea. All right, enough on the politics I just want to emphasize my open, I believe it was on Tuesday, about how important it's going to be to, one, really, really work hard to build a relationship with a shop. But in today's world, I'm not even sure if that's enough because almost every good shop, I don't know about all shops, but I do know every good shop that I've tried to work with is just swamped. And I will say that... the couple times I've needed to find some help while I've been out on the road on this trip, I haven't been able to find it, not in any kind of time. So the other thing I talked about was if you're going to own trucks and equipment, you should probably learn how to work on them some. And I'm not talking about doing, you know, uh, certainly nothing like an in-frame, not even an overhead. I mean, you don't need to get that technical. If, if, if you can do those things, I think it's awesome. But you don't need to have that level of skill. But the ability to take a part off and put a part on, the ability to troubleshoot some basic things and, and figure out how to get yourself back on the road and the tools to do it, uh, those are investments I would be making now. I, I would be working to build a really strong relationship with a good shop, to get some tools, get some skills, uh, and you know cover as many bases as you can with uh when it comes to maintenance all right uh i'm not sure if we're going to get mike in today we do have kevin beckett we have some calls on the line so uh, i'm going to bring in kevin we're going to grab some calls and um this may be short it may be long uh it depends on you we've got three calls on the line we'll get to them if you have a question about tires alignment wheel bearings handling vibrations, if they're in the drive line, or if you don't know the, if they're in the driveline, we'll help you figure it out. Pick up the phone and join us 855-950-3835. Alright. Kevin Beckett, welcome hey. back. Hey, good to be here. What's on your mind today? <laughs> sure. Oh, uh, right at this moment, technical
1: difficulties. Yes. Uh, but I think we're sort of out as good as we're going to today, so good
0: enough. Yeah, we've we've always got the phone back up. We we know you guys have some equipment that really makes the show sound a lot better, but uh, on our end, we still haven't worked through all. Part of the problem is that the show right now, because of all the different platforms we're using to make this happen, the show has to be run from my board. Now, we, we can get somebody else in, I think, from another board, but we're going to have to work on that when we're off the air. Uh, we've really, really been focused on getting our listener app out um, so that our yeah. listeners have a much better experience with the show. Uh, we did get the um, our iOS app out in beta couple days ago that's pretty awesome and it's coming along uh android is giving us Good. fits so once we get through that get that out of beta then the programmers will go work on uh the platform that will make this much better for everybody and much easier for the uh the remote hosts yes yes <laughs> so for today okay. well as long as it works yeah that's uh,
1: the most important thing.
0: Yep. You're here. I'm here. We can hear each other. We've got some callers. So, uh, anything you want to open with anything, uh, that's been on your mind lately or anything unusual going on in the world of tires and alignment.
1: We had our first, uh, in house training since, uh, early 2020. I think, uh, um, Oh, <laughs> Jacksonville, Florida was the last, Guy we trained here. Uh, his name, just, just this moment slipped my mind. Um, yeah, I don't
0: anyway, know if I he, would know yes. who it is in Jacksonville. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a good guy.
1: He's working with Landstar a lot. Okay, um, good. I just, for some reason can't remember his name at this time. We, he was at the mid America truck show, which was a great time. Oh yeah. Um, excellent. yep. Anyway, yeah, so it's, uh, we had our first training, and we've trained up a shop in uh, Nashville, which I think that's the first time we've put one in the city of Nashville. So that's that's good. And as a service, uh, we've got a few fleets, but first service. And uh, one up in Minneapolis and then a fleet down in uh,
2: Tampa.
0: Excellent. I was talking so, with uh, really, baby. yeah. I was talking with uh, Chad the other day from Alignment Solutions, and one of the topics we were talking about that's really exciting is there are like several second generation people now being trained as well. Yes, there are. Yeah, his son. Uh,
1: he was just up here last week. Yeah, uh, met with a bunch of Continental people, and uh, Mike, of course, doing some. Uh, introductory training yeah it was a good time and yes
0: that's uh he's not the only one i'm not the only second generation to be working around here that's right i Uh, I, I think that's exciting i mean that you know what when when you get to the second generation i think you can you can start to say maybe we've got a successful business model here
1: yeah (laughs) yeah when i started i was worried that this whole trucking industry thing was going to Uh, fall under like when they started making electric vehicles, we'd never uh, be able to work on them again. If they went to independent suspensions, we'd be uh, talking a different ball game than what we do. And uh, unfortunately for us, you really need to carry the weight and a solid axle frame suspension setup is the way it's going to get done even with the electric vehicles they, they have to carry the weight and that's the way to do it
0: yeah you know the other thing so, and I, I i've talked a lot about electric vehicles for years now and i've actually been pretty excited about them not because of the environmental stuff that that's a whole nother issue uh just because of the advantages of electric i i, I think it's a cool technology i'm also reading a really good book right now it's called the moral case for fossil fuels or something similar to that and Mm -hmm. a lot of really good information and a lot of what i've kind of thought but this really verified it that electric is is happening there's no doubt about it the electric car cars are flying off you know new ones are being uh, ordered every day. I think Ford said they have like 200,000 orders for their F 150 electric, uh, and they can only yeah. build 40,000 a year right now. Um, but, you know, in our minds, sometimes we think, oh, we're done then. Vehicles are going to be all electric now. Well, uh, that's not the case. i In <laughs> fact, the next, I'm going to say, two decades it's going to be really interesting in a couple of ways because let's just stick with trucking let's just set cars aside uh in trucking i think mm-hmm. this is what we're going to have i think we're we're going to have internal combustion diesel engines for quite a while still they're they're going to be around a long time right. no doubt two decades right. easy Um, we're going to have fully electric trucks. I think within the next year or two, we should start seeing them being put into service. We're also going to have hydrogen electric. There are still a lot of companies working on hydrogen electric. I'm not really sure why. I, I don't really see that as a vibe, but there's obviously a lot I don't know where these companies wouldn't be putting all this money into it. So when you start thinking about that, the other thing I yeah. opened on my show the other day—it it gets a little scary. We already have a severe shortage of technicians. Those technicians mm-hmm. that we do have are getting older, and we're not bringing in new technicians. That's why I'm excited about you guys—you cha- know, training second generation. That's what we need. We need right. young blood. Um, and in a lot of places you're not getting it. People are, kids are not going to diesel mechanic school and they're not learning how to do alignments and air conditioning and all these other things. Um, they all want to be social media influencers now. Um, I I think what, I think what the, the part they're missing is in order to be an influencer, you kind of have to be really good at something. And I I don't think they understand that part. And the only way to be really good at something is to spend a lot of time doing it. It takes a lot of hard work and experience to become so good at something that people want to listen to you talk about it. Uh, That's the point they seem to be missing. Um, So I I talked about this the other day, and then after I got off the air, I had another thought. I talked about the fact that if you're going to own trucks and trailers, you should probably start investing in more tools and uh, more um, skills to be able to do some work on your own truck because it's getting harder and harder to find good service. But then I start thinking about, you can't take a current cool. mechanic out of a shop and have him work on an electric truck. There's almost nothing no. similar. Almost nothing. Right. And... Uh, who's going to work on hydrogen electric? There's a, That's <laughs> another totally different system and setup and, and parts. and uh, So if we already have a shortage and all we really have on the market are diesel trucks, what's going to happen when we have diesel, diesel electric, hydrogen electric, electric? I, I don't know how we're going to do
1: right. this. Right. So some shops aren't going to be touching them at all. Right. And- And we're we're, right now we're working on trucks regularly that are over 20 years old. And again, that as far as the longevity of the the program goes, the the reason to bring in the second person, the reason to keep the knowledge that you've got was, uh, what I see is it's going to be 40 years from now and you're still going to be perhaps working on trucks that are on the road today. So, Dude, it's it's going to just uh, because of that because of the lighter kids because of everything else, uh, it, the, our knowledge and our skill set is going to be important for uh, at least uh,
0: my son's you know yeah. usable career. Yep, I believe so. You know, so and, and yeah. it may be that you know at some point you'll see shops that almost do nothing but the older trucks. They'll specialize in that. Um, You know, for the last couple of years, uh, I've talked with Bruce Mallinson from Pittsburgh Power about how many big cam Cummins engines they're selling parts for and helping people build. Those are mechanical engines. Those are Mm -hmm. over, some of them are, we're talking over 40 years old now. We got our first electronic diesel in the mid 80s. Right, and yet some people yeah, have gone back, and and they're kind of reviving these older mechanical engines, and so, yeah, it's it's going to be a very very interesting time. We have a couple of decades we're going to be dealing with this. Some of it's going to be positive, but I think a lot of it's going to create some problems.
1: Right, I'm in the like you said, the hydrogen electric, and some other things. You may find that those are. They get into a fleet because the fleet knew that it was going to work for them, and then three years after they had it, well, they couldn't work on them uh, long term anyway, and nobody else buys them, so then uh, there's there's no aftermarket
0: for it. Yeah. The vehicle just sits there. We we went through that with <laughs> yeah, the. It could be weird. We went through that with the natural gas engines. There was a year, I think it was 2014 or 2015, I called it the year of natural gas because it's all I ever read about. And I kept thinking, I don't know what the hell they're thinking, this isn't going to work. And it didn't. And what it turned out was they were not very fuel efficient, so they were expensive. And for some reason that nobody ever seemed to be able to explain, the maintenance cost on those trucks were double what a traditional diesel was. Mm-hmm. And now nobody talks about no, you know natural gas trucks anymore. So uh, let's do this. Let's uh, we've got some calls. Let's jump into it. Let's uh, get started. In Massachusetts, Jay, welcome to the program.
2: Uh, good, good afternoon.
0: What can we help yeah, you got with a today?
2: Question for uh, uh, Kevin back in. First of all. Kevin Rutherford, thank you very much for uh, being true to your character and helping drivers on uh, the first hour there. You're welcome. Um, I, I have a, uh, a one ton Chevy truck and it might be too small. Uh, but maybe if, um, Mr. Beckett might know, uh, front tires are wearing on this in a pattern I've never seen.
1: Okay. What um?
2: It's,
1: uh, well, what do you use the truck for first?
2: I haul RVs.
1: Okay, interstate. Okay. Yes. Um, and uh, how long? How long has this truck been doing that? I
2: have, I've been doing this for seventy thousand miles.
1: Okay, so is that just over a year, or just under, or what? Yeah, it's it's about a year and a half. Um, These tires probably have about 40,000 miles on them now, and I'm just getting
2: this
1: wear. Okay, and the wear is
2: on the outside edge, inside edge, or middle? It's in the middle, so
1: this is Um, a small tire. Yeah, but when you you get wear in the middle of the tread, what you're typically dealing with is under-inflation. Uh, it is, I mean, there is a distortion of the tread one way or the other. It's a distortion and typically the cause of the distortion is, uh, under inflation. So it, it, it you know, it may not be low as far as you're concerned, but it's too low for that type. Okay.
2: So
1: that that would be, it's my first, most obvious and most common suspicion on this in this situation is if you, if you just suddenly started seeing a tire wear, especially in the middle of the tread, you've got a, you've got a, 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 t- a low inflation issue. And the, the problem with that is for you, uh, it may have been a short term, low inflation issue. It may have only actually happened for, you know, uh, 5,000 miles, but it doesn't go away, even if you put the air in it.
2: Okay. All right. So uh, we should be going by the uh, tires recommendation on air pressure. Well, yes.
1: Yeah. So look at the sidewall of the tire and get it to that inflation. Uh, Typically. I mean, yeah, there's no reason not to, uh, the only, okay, here's the reason that you would want to go below that inflation. If you have trouble keeping the, the vehicle, if it doesn't feel like, uh, you've got any traction, that it's uh, it's just floating down the road, then your RV situation in the back is lifting the front end instead of setting it down. Um, in that case, and that's the only one, in that case you might want to lower the air pressure so you have a larger footprint. But as long as you're carrying the load properly and there is weight on the steer axle, you keep the air pressure as, as high up as that tire will allow.
0: Okay. Excellent. Yep. All right. All right. Thanks for the call. We're going to head off to Wisconsin this time. Bruce, welcome to the program.
2: Hello. Um,
3: my question is on, uh, I got a trailer that's dog under the right. <clears throat> I had them both the truck and the trailer lined up. Actually, Kevin, you lined the truck up for me in a cold Iowa day. And, uh, you couldn't get to, you couldn't get to the trailer cause it was too cold outside. You couldn't get it inside. Uh, yeah. I got, I basically had a 16 Western star and uh, you can line it up. That's working good. Uh, I did get into an MD alignment in Belleville, Ohio and, uh, okay. about a month and a half later to, for the trailer. And, but it's still dog tails to the right. That's a 2021 Soton trailer.
1: Okay. Um, so this is a new trailer to you. What was your previous trailer? I, my, uh, let's see. I had a bunch of them. I, I okay. um, okay. But, my, but, uh, what's the newest trailer you had before that?
3: I uh, it was a 2014, um,
1: 2014. Okay. Basically,
3: it's start. Right. Uh, I never had any problems with, but, but, them. No.
1: Okay, now here's the here's the issue that we've been having the last several years. Uh, they're installing one hundred two inch wide axles on trailers now, very commonly. And it used to be they were all uh, ninety eight inch wide, just the same width as the drive axle. But uh, for internationally and now. Domestically, the 102 wide axle, which is just as wide as the trailer, goes all the way out to the edge of the trailer, uh, is very common. It's not supposed to be technically on a lot of roads, but nobody pays attention to that anymore. So, if, if you've got a wider trailer than you do a drive axle, uh, then when you're looking in the rearview mirror, it always looks like it's trailing, and it always looks like it's off to the right. So your test would be if you get in the left lane does the tire on the left side look like it's hugging the curb too?
3: No, it's, it's, it's dog tailing. Uh, I mean, I can be, yeah, I can, I can be hugging the center lane and the trailer is, you know, I got to watch it when I'm, yeah. Yeah. Knock any mailboxes or anybody's mirrors off as I go by. I mean, it, it's not bad, but it's, you know, bad enough where, you know, I'm okay. watching it all the time.
1: Well, that's very, uh, Belleville, uh, yeah. So you, you yeah, it I was
3: impressed with them. Uh, yeah. actually, I mean, they, uh, they, they actually checked it a couple of times. You know, I drove mm-hmm. down the road and back and, and, uh, you know, I do have a lift axle on the front and I, oh. I, I tried it with the tandem's down and then with the lift axle up and it still dogtailed the same. Now, what, one thing that you mentioned, you know, they, they, they lined it up off the side of the trailer. Right. And one thing you mentioned uh, when I was talking to you before I left down there was uh, to line it up off the back axle of the tractor.
1: Would that make well, a difference? Not, not enough of a difference. We're, I mean, pointing it straight or pointing it uh, right, it still adds up the same. I mean, you're, you're, if you can get that the numbers to say it's going to the left. Uh, or, you know, a half inch off to the left is our, our preferred number. If you can just get it to say it's going off to the left instead of off to the right the way it is, then you have achieved something. If you, if you get to it and it's dog tracking to the right, and your measurements are saying it's left, your measurements are wrong, and you've got to figure out why. Uh, but if you're, yeah, you know, if you're, if you got, if I started with a measurement that said, yes, this is off to the right, and we're going to correct it, we're going to bring it to the left it should be left down too. So I guess the, the next question is how, how is it possible that it's, it's gone back uh, or did they actually correct it?
3: Nope. Nope. Uh, it, it's pretty much the same. I mean, uh, same. Uh, it, it was, what, what, it was a little bit before I went in there and uh, mm-hmm. they did change it, you know, uh, uh, and, uh, but it's still dogtails.
1: All right. So there's, there is a problem in the suspension right? or, uh, and let's see, it's got a lift axle. So we're not talking about a, uh, a slider. Um, okay. So yeah, there's a problem with that. Uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tandem, tandem slider, you
3: know, with the, uh, the front, that front, uh,
1: axle lifts. Lift. Okay. Well, it's, and a slider is a problem on its own because there's a easily an eighth of an inch available movement on each side of the slider. Uh, so A quarter of an inch change would be a noticeable right pull. Uh, So, yeah, we've got to figure out why the truck is still tracking right, and it's a problem with the suspension or it's a problem with the with the slider. One of those things is still not allowing it to to go right. Which, uh, if it's the, I mean, they should know better any alignment shop should know that you, you, you have to tighten up the sus- suspension properly. So I'm sure it isn't something they did wrong. There's gotta be something wrong with the, uh, the bushings in the suspension or something else. Okay.
3: Yeah. They, 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 you know, uh, the guys at Belleville, uh, they, they, mm-hmm. they, you know, um, his father, son team, their uh, sons, right. I guess there's two sons there, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I walked around with him, uh, you know, we checked everything out there doing measurements on everything and, and everything was, you know, we couldn't find nothing wrong, so.
1: Right. Right. So it uh, uh, very, very strange. Very suspicious. Uh, there's more, there's, yeah, they, they almost want to take it back to, you said, Stoughton. And, and have a Yeah, fix it's it's <laughs> the trailer, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, I, I, I can take it well, myself. But, uh, I don't know that I'm going to find anything that's, uh, that's, I think that's Jerry, right? Um, I don't think that, I don't know that I'm going to find anything that he wouldn't. But it's, uh, somebody, something has to, uh, there's obviously something still wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. Just to find
2: that out, see what
3: it is, find out what it is. Yeah. Okay, I uh, keep working on it, I guess.
0: All right, yep. thanks for the call. Let's right. go to Ohio this time. Dale, welcome to the program.
3: Afternoon, gentlemen. I have two questions. One was from a previous caller. I run 95 PSI in my rear tires, and my rear tires wear evenly across. It calls for 100 on the tire that's one question, but it also goes with this question. I need to replace a bushing in my rear spring housing. Uh, it's a 2018 Peterbilt low air suspension. Is it because I'm running the incorrect tire pressure that the bushing's going bad? And what is your feelings of, uh, polyurethane bushings versus rubber bushings?
1: Okay. Um, well, I I guess I'm which, what vehicle is this?
3: It's a 2018 Peterbilt 579 with low mm-hmm. air suspension.
1: With a new low air, and it's already wearing out. That uh, now is the bushings you're replacing. Are they on the top of the axle, or is it the the spring bushings at the?
3: They're on the front. They're the actual bushing that holds the spring to the frame. Oh, the front, yeah. the the steer
1: axle. No, no, it's on the oh, okay. second axle, drive, drive. axle. Okay. Okay, and and already getting a failure on the old, the new low leaf. Which is, okay, uh, as far as uh, reliability, you know everything that's ever put on it is a gamble for how long it's going to last. As far as reliability, I, as far as bushings go, Atro is my favorite bushing. If you're going to replace one, get Atro. Chances are it will last longer than even the factory. So. Uh, it, it is rare, you know, a 2018 to, to wear out that quickly on that suspension. I see them go nearly a million miles, uh, almost always. And uh, so yeah, you got, you got kind of the short end of the stick on that, specific, that set of bushings. Um, but it should last. you know, you get some and in will last, uh, nearly and, a million more miles.
0: And, and to jump in and well, I did actually, The other question, um, 95 pounds in your uh, drive tires did not cause the bushing wear. Uh, You've got a pretty big range on those drive tires that won't cause any problems from, you know, lows down into 80, 85, depending on how light you are, highs up into 120, 125, even 130, that won't really cause any issues. It technically, there's a whole chart of how much pressure we should have based on weight, And we don't even bother to go by it because it's not practical. Um, And we almost never see, you know, any severe tire wear or other problems because of pressure. So your 95 is just fine. That didn't cause any of your problems.
3: Perfect. Now, I'm replacing that axle. I'm replacing with the Actro pushings. I was turned on to them by Fleet Pride. Best thing Mm -hmm. that's ever happened. Should I do all four? bushings on both drive axles or just do that one axle for now?
1: Uh, Since you've had, if you even had one failure in one position, I would be tempted to just go ahead and replace them all because why wait for the problems to arise and have to try to fix them when you can just solve them all right now.
3: Perfect. I will make an appointment with one of your shops and get it done. Yep.
0: Okay. Thank you, gentlemen. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. All right. Uh, yeah, um, Kevin, do you have even like a number as far as pressure on on drive tires where you actually start to see some wear issues? I know if you if you get too high, you can get some distortion of the tire and some, but it, it's pretty rare, isn't it?
1: It takes it takes a long time too. Okay. Uh even even if you put it up to one twenty, it could take a long time to start seeing uh anywhere associated with it. So you no know, uh one ten is great, one hundred, uh all the way again, all the way down to uh eighty five depending on what you're doing.
0: Yeah, uh, and,
2: and the are great.
0: You know, two other small factors in there. The harder you make the tire the better your fuel economy will get. We're probably not talking about enough that can be measured, but it's there. We know it's there. Uh, But the softer you make it, the better your ride is. And I got to tell you, right now it kind of sucks because fuel's really expensive, so you'd like to run a harder tire to squeeze out every little bit of fuel economy you can, except I have to say this, this trip that I'm on the road right now I am kind of shocked at how bad the roads have gotten in the Midwest and the East. They've all, I know we complain about it all the time because we drive on them all the time, but they are shockingly bad this time.
2: What Where are you? Where are you? <laughs>
0: um, coming across 70 through Missouri, uh, Indiana, uh, Illinois, Ohio, that that stretch was awful. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: Where I've, I've been in a couple other places, it, and like I said, I know roads get bad at times, but I it seems like I experienced a lot more really jarring really um, yes. joints and potholes, and it, it just seems like they're worse than ever. So I'd rather soften the tire to try to, you know, take away some of the shock of how bad the roads are.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I mean, Missouri is, you know, infamous for it. Yeah. Um it, yes, hopefully a little more investment in our roads will result in uh, a little more life of our
0: tires. I hope so. <laughs> in, you know, in general, since we just had that call, the steer tires, even more so lately with some of the new low rolling resistance, some of the new compounds, some of the other things, the steer tires seem to be getting more and more sensitive to pressure. We're just five pounds can oh, yeah. cause you some problems, right?
1: That's absolutely true. And it's getting to the point where you, you want to not just take it to the, the best, the, the, top for the tire, but the top for the rim. And, uh, you wish you could put in more than that and just, uh, 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 ignore all the limits because they're, they're just not getting, let's see, they're too soft. Yeah, all the way around, and the proper pressure to get the most life is higher than you could ever put in.
0: Yep. It's I, crazy. That's the steer tire we're talking about. Very sensitive to air pressure. Always go more, because that seems to be what helps this, and like you said, sometimes you can't even get enough pressure. You'd like to put more in if <laughs> you could, but on the drive axle, you got a lot of leeway.
1: Yes, yes. Okay. and I, I, I should give a little caveat to that. I, I'm Sure that they're lasting a lot longer than they did thirty and forty years ago. I'm sure of it. Uh, it's just that they look uglier when they come off.
0: Yeah, and and <clears throat> you know we could probably also say that we've passed the sweet spot. Like there was a time where we were really excited. We were having people call all the time with 250 thousand miles on their steer tires, which I thought was incredible. It's almost like yeah. we blew past that, though, and now we're heading back in the other direction.
1: Yes, and that's, uh, I think it's intentional. Uh, I don't mean to disparage any specific company, but uh, I have seen their, the training for uh, a certain French on company that uh, they're, trying, they're actually trying to get customers to lower the life of the tire so that it will look better when it comes off.
0: So (laughs) yeah. And that's a shame because it's one of my favorite tire companies always has been. And Mm -hmm. uh, I hate to see that kind of stuff happen. Like I said, it was exciting when we were talking about 200, 250,000 miles. And then all of a sudden I wasn't getting those calls anymore. We were getting more and more calls about just weird tire wear on the front.
1: Right. I mean, it's weird that they wouldn't understand the impact of, you know, two hundred and fifty three thousand mile steer tire life on someone's individual budget. Yes. It really was that important. Yes. And uh, not being able to get it means losing money.
0: And we all know what's happening to the price of tires in general. I don't want to spend more money on a tire and get less life out of it than I used to. That that's, that's just wrong right. that that shouldn't be happening, right. but it is. So, um, it, it well, makes your services even more critical and important. Right. Get all the
1: life that we can out of them. Uh, whatever tire it is, uh, put all the area that you can into it, make sure it's aligned, right. you uh, get your balance and keep your bearings tight and, uh, yeah. you'll actually you'll make a lot more money because these things are uh, really expensive and they're apparently the, the the tire companies themselves are thinking of working
0: against you. Yeah. You know, and, and, and another thing I think we should say and remind people, you know, I, I, we still need to tell people, check your tire pressure, check it. It changes, you know, it's something you should be paying attention to and checking, but, you should also be looking at the tire. Don't just stick a gauge on it and go, yep, pressure's right. Spend some time looking at the tire. Right. Learn how to feel the tire because there might be right. some times where if you're feeling your tire on a regular basis and you start to notice something, you might just catch it in time, maybe. But if you yeah. wait until you, know. you can stand there and see the pattern, it's probably too late.
1: It is definitely. Yeah. Yes. If you can feel it, but you can't see it, you can save that tire. You can, you can save, you know, 20, 30% of that tire's life. If you can feel it and you let it go two months later, it's probably too late. It's too late.
0: You can even fix the problem that caused the wear, but you won't be able to fix the wear. Right. And it'll keep getting worse. Yeah. All right. they They can't lie to you. That's right. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> that's right all right we are um, about this uh, yeah we're gonna wrap this up um thanks kevin for joining us and answering those questions as always and we'll uh we'll do it again next week we'll try to get the technical issues worked out offline here so uh we have a smoother launch sure. next week
2: right that'll be great thank all you right.
0: take care all right we're yep, wrapping you. this up we'll see you back
2: here.